Yes. Why don't you do that, Al? Of course. Uh, gentlemen that I'll witness to today, Lord, we ask you to touch Jeff with your presence, your spirit. God, we know that um, the best we can do is, is tell somebody. The best we can do is plant seeds and pray. But God, you're the one who saves. And so, Lord, we lift him up to you, Savior. Uh, your blood cover him. He completely to you and know you. All right. How's everybody doing? So far, so good. Everybody getting over COVID? Huh? Yes, I do. I know we've, we've had some COVID amongst me. I'm a Christian. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, go ahead. Well, I don't really want to do a microphone that. Okay, so Joe is going to help me and pick up my rent because last November I had some COVID issues and I ended up unemployed and it was just a long, long mess of different stuff. But I think so. I'm grateful and I'm thankful for picking. And I just, yeah, because I, I couldn't do it myself. Yeah, I'd much rather the state do that. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not biking till from some years week. Right. Well, I ride every day, but that's not the bike ride. Uh, that doesn't happen until Monday, next Monday, and. Um, and uh, for some reason, I'm not looking forward to it. I was, but I'm not so much. You know, actually, I do. I mean, I really do like this, but, but they're going to make me get up every morning and ride 100 miles every day. At some point, I may not want to ride that day. What do I do? There is a van. Okay. But today, not riding. I'm driving the van and you're not. That's good. <laughs> Linda's driving the van, so therefore, <laughs> ride 100 miles, ride with Linda. Uh -oh. You're the one who said, now I've crossed a line. <laughs> I, was, I was riding, um, what is today, Wednesday, yesterday? I was riding yesterday. I went up to this road. I liked. I, I just caught myself for. And I was praying and I was looking around and all this kind of stuff, and I realized all of a sudden there was this old guy riding beside me. I don't know. I hadn't seen him before. He hadn't been my high. So, so he and he looked over at me. He said, "Are you struggling?" <laughs> and I and I wasn't really. I mean, I was just kind of. I wasn't even really paying attention. I was just kind of enjoying myself. Wasn't pushing it like I should have been. And I said, "Well, I'm not struggling, but." Not really having a good time. Took off. He said, "Well, I go slow." Well, now, now I got a, I got a dilemma going on inside of me. <laughs> I can leave this guy sitting still all day long, but that only makes me look bad. But he called me out, so I got to do something, right? <laughs> I just rode up beside him, or rode for, with him for a while, because I didn't want to just take off. That'd be rude. But he was rude to me. <laughs> he started it for no reason. I was just daydreaming. I don't even. I didn't even hear him come up. I didn't even hear anything about it. It could. They appear to be what they need to be at the time you see them. <laughs> and do angels make of you? I don't know. Do they? I don't. All right. Uh, we are. I feel like he was kind of. Oh, uh, update on the building stuff. Um, all of our stuff's done. We're just waiting on the uh, city. I mean, um, the, uh, the, for, we're waiting for the loan to go through. We tried to get them to go, to speed it up, go through a little quicker. And, uh, and all the appraisers are on the 24th will be the earliest that we can finish all that and get started. But, you know, happens then. It happens then. So 
At least that's better than not happening. Um, I, you know, you just ever you just ever feel like it's it's just about three or four inches outside. You're actually digging. You just, I don't know. I don't believe it. I don't believe anybody. I don't believe the city. I don't believe it. So, so that's where we are. Hope to pump you up with that. Um, letter eight. What is what is Wormwood's big uh, discussion for letter eight? Exploit those basic um, valleys and the peaks that the although really he talked, yeah, that's than the peaks, but yeah, he's talking about both of them. Here's something that'll help you the opening sentence of every letter is usually the theme of the letter. Okay, Wormwood states the thesis and then he explains it and then he unpacks it. Beginning, okay, so the valley. Let me ask this real quick. How many of you read the entire thing already and now you're going back through chapter by chapter? Okay. Okay. How many have not read any of this as you? Okay. You, you, you just haven't read anything. I just haven't done it. <laughs> How many just, you don't even know what we're here for tonight. How many? I'm sorry to wake you. Go, go back to sleep. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay, so now remember, Wormwood's a demon, Screwtape is a demon, so everything is the opposite. I, I, even though I know that, and I've and I read said 50 times probably over the years, thinking I have to read through that sentence, sometimes it catches me that a demon is trying to convince another demon how to hurt a Christian, and uh, the enemy is who? Jesus is the enemy in this book, right? And um, the, the father is Satan, demon name. these are demons, and then... And then, you know, I just think it goes in some other um, cool. So, um, uh, down to, in the second paragraph down a little bit, it says, if you had watched your patient carefully, the patient is the Christian. If you had watched your patient carefully, you must have seen this undulation and of his life. Ups and downs, right? This describes us, right? Every one of us have ups and downs at work. His affection for his friends, ups and downs, right? We all, and then one day you're like, I just don't know if I like that person anymore, right? It's okay. You'll come back around. You'll like them again. But, but we go through that, right? The ups and downs. Um, his physical appetites. Now, that doesn't just mean food, right? Okay? That means appetite. Thinking about it, when I, when I first thought his, his appetites undulate or they go up and down also, and I was thinking, mine do. Um, but not with bacon. Uh, bacon's always up. Never, I've, never, I've never in my life thought to myself, I don't like bacon for, for right now. Bacon, right? Off the bacon. Okay, his physical appetites. Um, even things like uh, exercise. I've really, been, I've really been thinking about this this week because I know I've got the bike ride next week and I've got to be ready for this. I'm just not feeling it this week. Dude came up feeling well, and so I'm still daydreaming instead of really pushing it. And Methuselah is, is prompting me to get it on while I'm going up the mountain. And but um, you know, he, is, he used ebb and flow in our life, right? He uses this against us. The ups and downs of life he uses against us. Now, guys, we have to know this. I think we intuitively do know this. We, we just common sense, we know that the ups and downs can be harmful to us. But here's what we <clears throat> always assume, and, and this is experiences. It is we talk about valleys are, um, but I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. And, and um, sometimes the mountaintop experiences can be very uh, um, unfulfilling. You think they're fulfilling until they're happening, and then they're unfulfilling. Uh, you can lose mountaintop out. Sometimes the valleys, the the low times, the difficult times are not as difficult as we make them out to be sometimes, and almost all of our growth comes in the valleys. It doesn't come on the mountaintop moments. Um, it comes in the valleys when we're to help uh, screw tape mess with this Christian during those ups and down times. Okay? Next paragraph. Pastor, 
Um, yeah, ooh, the voice, pastor. No, thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, 21 says, I um, heals from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. And so we lift up our eyes to God when we're where? In the valley or on the mountain, right? And so we're, when we're, on the, when we're in, the, in the valley, it's, we lift up to look up to see. But when we're on the mountain, a lot of times I think of here, I'm just, just, I'm good, I'm fine, everything's good. I'm me, 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 I'm my, 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 right? Yeah. But um, I, I've worked on that over the years because years ago when something good would happen, I caught myself in a cycle of when good things were happening, I took all the credit. And uh, when bad things were happening, I don't rebuke Satan and wondered where God was. Difficult doesn't mean it's Satan. Right. Sometimes God is taking you through some difficult things, and we don't like that in our American Christianity. We think it's all because we don't know if we're serving God, and all to us defines it. However, we define Yeah, Yeah, because why? Because if God is testing us, somehow that's being mean to us. When really what he's doing is, and he says he's doing this, he is refining us. He is developing us. He is maturing us. But somehow, we we things the way that we want or how we want. Or <clears throat> yeah, I, the, I so so I, let me let me look at that. She said, "I want to stay on the mountaintop." I think this is important because I don't think we mountaintop as much as it would have mountaintop being this great experience. But I, I was thinking about this um, one time when I was, this was years ago and I was processing. I'd ridden my bike up um, um, uh, Boreas Pass, which is, which is a pass up the mountain. It's down into, um, it's about 12,000 something feet. And, uh, and it's, it's gorgeous, beautiful, all this other kind of stuff. And then I get to thinking about this. Do you realize you cannot survive any vegetation on top of that mountain? Water above Timberline, there's in most places above Timberline, it heads somewhere else. I mean, you could just go down the, the line of all the stuff. It's beautiful. It's nice. But it's also a little arid and not a lot of oxygen. And there is nothing to stop the storm. No, no I stop the storm. It's, it's nice to peek out on the mountain every, every now and then. And, and you get a view of the big picture and you get to look and and you get the expanse of everything and God's majesty and everything else. But, but you don't want to stay there. It's not everything you think it is that when you take that first step up the mountain. where you, There's a lot of other where life is. Yes, sir. Pastor, on, on our life group on Friday night, we talked about the, in James where it talks about the trials and tribulations and it's for a purpose. And the video we watched uh, talked about it, and all the dross comes to the top, and then they wipe it off, and they heat it up again, and they keep purifying it until the silversmith can actually see the reflection, the reflection within the silvers, and that's sort of how God and His reflection in our life, and um, in ourselves. Yeah, yeah, and the only way God sees Him Himself in us is when there's less of us and more of Him. Got to be that way. Al. So when you're on a mountaintop, if there's never anything normal for that, if there's never a valley that much to if you're on a mountaintop, you lose the wow factor. Um, so we really need some valleys to make our mountaintops that much more impressionable. Yeah. Well, it's, it's everything, anything in life. If everything went the way we wanted it to all the time, you get very tired of that after a while. You know, you don't something like, I want to be a, a billionaire. And, and then why? Why do we want to be a billionaire? It's not so we can use that we don't have money in rooms. It's the purchasing power. It's not the, it's not the stack of money power. It's that I can get all the stuff that I want. Until you get all the stuff that you want and you realize, one, I don't think you ever stop wanting things. The, the, the insatiableness gets worse. It doesn't get better. And then the next thing is, is there's an art, and there's something, I, I've said this for years, but I think one of the worst things that can happen to a person is for them to not um, work. We, we get to, and this is what our government has done, this is what our welfare has done, and things like that. Now there's, we, we all work radical times when we don't work, right? That's called the idea that we would never work again. Um, say it again, Linda. What is the verse that says, 
you don't get to eat if you don't work. Um, I know it's out of Proverbs, um, and it's talking about an ant. That the what it is. I think God uses the analogy uh, eat if he doesn't work. That the um, concept he used, the scripture uses, the Proverbs uses with a bee. Also, that, that if the bee doesn't spend all the spring harvesting um, honey, um, there, there's not the way it says it, but you understand. When Adam and Eve sinned, and God said Adam, but told Adam for the rest of eternity, he didn't say it that way, but for the rest of eternity, man, male, you're going to work by the sweat of, the, of your brow. You're going to work the ground that you used to be in charge of, used to have authority over. But now, now instead of authority over it the same way, it's row and and watching the butterflies. Now you're going to be, it's going to be by the sweat of your brow that you have to do this. And we spend our entire existence, I'm saying as humanity, not necessarily as individuals, but as humanity, trying to get out of that work. Times, and, and work is, but it is necessary. And there's something about producing something that, that makes, you, makes you feel grand. You've accomplished something. My, my oldest son has started working with woodworking. And um, he makes things, and he makes beautiful stuff. He weaves together and does something. It's beautiful, beautiful stuff. When he was a teenager, I, I couldn't hardly get him to do anything. And he worked way harder than his younger brother. Hard time. Until they got older. But he still give Isaac a hard time to work because Isaac would just like go. When I tell him, go mow the lawn, do all stuff, pick the weeds, do whatever they're doing. Isaac would go like crawl under the, the porch and just complain how horrible of a dad I was. And uh, Jonathan would be screaming at Isaac and doing all the work. But he knew they were going to get in trouble if the work didn't get done. Jonathan works very... Isaac still doesn't like to work. but I mean, he likes to work, but his kind of work. IT stuff, computers, all that kind of stuff. In fact, he just told me the other day he's going to go back to school. And I was like, who, who is this that's living uh, down the road from me? So, but, it, but it's been falling to the sting. As I think Anin does, because Scripture doesn't say it it's the same way. You've got, life has got to, there are challenges and difficulties, and that, and, and overcoming them is part of what life is. Testing us, this is the figuring, is that I believe this earth is boot camp for eternity. And God is, is, is testing us. He's putting us to the test mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all these things. Because why? He is developing us for plan, actually has planned for us stuff. And so this now is not the way that us and developing us, not the way that he intended. We broke that in the garden. I don't know what his plan was to develop us through the garden mentality, but I know what it is now. And that's through the sweat of our brow. We have to toil the ground by the ground. When you don't, we have to use our brain yourself as a man. Because God made you that way. That you're, you, you have to have purpose. And purpose comes through you laboring and toiling towards something and getting there. It may not always be physical toil, but, th- but there is purpose. Some kind of, uh, not the actual job, that's, that's different for every one of us. But every, every man is the same in this. Something that you've got to have Men will not working toward. They will feel second rate and second class oftentimes when they're not getting out and doing something. When they're not at least whatever. I've seen guys that are, are horribly disabled. You know, don't have limbs and all kinds of stuff. But they don't want in this be at home. They yeah, I have a question. To get out and work. <clears throat> when you got called to be a pastor, what do you do all day long? Because you work for God, right? Yes, I do. So what is your day like? Um, like well, I ride my bike yesterday. Working for God. I like to come in around 11, leave at 1, take an hour lunch in the middle. No. Um, man, this is such a big question. There's so many things. Uh, there's normal, what I, I can put it in categories. I think that'd be the easiest way to do it. There's normal office stuff, administrative stuff, okay? Um, I, I try to hire people to do most of that because <laughs> uh, I don't like to. But uh, just administrative stuff, I, I get about 250 emails a day. Um, that takes a that nobody else processing those. And uh, I, uh, I do study a lot. I read a lot. In fact, I read and study. And, I, um, and studying has changed over the years. Internet has changed how I study. It, uh, 
I'm much more proficient in the study of what it takes to get from point A to point A is, is much more involved with um, uh, internet videos. I watch a lot of videos. I watch a lot of things that have to do with um, culture, people, and stuff that would take me hours and hours and hours to do, and, and I would be very limited in that years ago. I have the ability to accomplish a lot more of it. And um, a little bit of weakness of mine. I have to remind myself that people really are the main reason <laughs> that I'm doing this. Uh, so when people are calling or talking, or and I meet with people, there's two or three people that I'm meeting with every week right now. Um, sometimes that goes up, sometimes that goes down. Um, I do, this, this sounds like it's not like work stuff, but this, this is actually very important. I, st- I learned this years ago, 20 exercise in my ago, that if I, I don't do as well and all the other things, okay, and he actually talks about that in this chapter, um, in this letter, I, I try to make sure that I'm making myself exercise because that's how, you, that's how your body chemicals work. And so I take that as daily routine. I work out almost every mind by what you're called to do by God. Uh, yeah. And yes. everybody's work would be defined differently. It's not defined just as a job that we leave to go to every day, right? Yes. Um, I, I still have God. Okay, there's, like, like I was saying, of this. what you would description for a pastor. Okay, all of the job description stuff for a pastor, administrate the church, um, which means I'm responsible for all that. I don't do finances, the schedule, all the, a lot of different people do ministries, life groups. That's the administration of the church. I am called by God to do that, but that's not the same thing as saying, okay, as a pastor, I'm called by God to do certain things, like um, pray, preach, and all that kind of stuff. My job description would include... Pre- but I can do that without... I'm just thinking that if part of your job is watching videos, if somebody just wa- saw you watching videos, they might not think you were working, right? Specifically the way that I watch <laughs> if them. If they didn't know what you did. <laughs> I kick back and my feet are on my desk and my eyes are closed. a video. My children give me a hard time all the time. My children ride me very hard that I don't do anything. That as a pastor, I don't do anything. My oldest doesn't mess with me as much nowadays because he's a pastor. And uh, he kind of picks on me a little bit. Well, you have all these people you hire to do all your stuff. People give me, and uh, that's because he doesn't have anybody. Whatever. <laughs> I, I'm not in a place in life where that bothers me now. Yeah. Um, I do have to make sure, because some, sometimes I do fall asleep, and they leave. Oops. So um, I don't do that very often, but... Yeah, a lot of what I do every day doesn't look like work. I do, go, I do talk to a lot of people. It really does involve a lot of people. So I try to make most of those lunch engagements. Meetings. I have meetings all the time. Yeah. Here's the thing with that also. Guys, I believe that you're called um, to work also. And there, there's a calling side of your work, and then there's the working side of your work, and they're, they're interwoven, but you say, I think those at all times, just like I have, right? You say, well, I, you know, I work construction. I shovel all day long. There's the job description side of your work, shovel all day long, and then there's the calling side of your work, to minister to people the best that you possibly can. Well, I do those same things, but I also have all of the administrative side of my job. And I also take 15-minute breaks every hour because I'm union. All right, I'm pastoral. That, that answer, quick, it's a really involved answer for me. It's almost like you have to just follow me around every day because it's different all the time. There's only so much I can do between 11 and 1. <laughs> Most of the- in an interview, by the way. But, but here's the thing is when, like if I'm interviewing for a pastoral position, which I don't do, only done a couple of times in my life, um, there's, I, I, there's things that people expect me to say. I'll say those things. I do that stuff. I have calendars full of stuff. Your resume. And... Okay, next paragraph. To decide what the best, the first sentence of the paragraph, to decide what the best use of it is, is up and down, Jesus is the end. What use 
Jesus wants to make of it, and then do the opposite. Now, it may surprise you to learn that in his efforts to get permanent possession of a soul, he relies on the troughs even more than on the peaks. Some of his special favorites have gone through long, deeper troughs. This explains this, right? Because this, this, is why, this is why I broke into the men need to work thing. As it, is, it, it is easy. It's a lot easier than you think to slip in to depression, depression-type mentalities. For, because a lot of a trough of we would do on a regular extended trough mentality. All right, what are some things that we can do that, that um, set us up for depression-type thinking? Complain. complain. Why? Why does complain um, depress us? Because it reminds us how miserable we are and reinforces that and keeps us digging down deeper. Yeah, it, it, sometimes you're your own, um, you know, the, and we just waller in it and it gets worse and worse. And we, and, we, and we cycle in the mire and cycle in the mire. We convince ourselves. The more we complain, the more we can convince ourselves things are horrible when they may not be, or they most likely aren't as horrible as what we're saying. Allison? I think that things in our living with depression or anxiety as adults, yeah. things that we haven't dealt with from childhood or even early adulthood that, can, that we haven't gone to counseling or had um, Jesus work that, through us, no. kind of thing. Yeah, I think there's layers of thorn, um, things in our past that we, we don't, we can't really know for sure. It's we don't really know for sure what it is, but something's not right. Something's unbalanced. Okay, that's one layer. Another layer is things in our past um, that we have dealt with, but not in our past that we are holding on to that we don't want to deal with because we like feeling that way. Okay? And there's, there's all kinds of layers when it comes to what's in the past. Victoria, you know, I know people and some people that have experienced horrendous things here as devastating, but that begins to define them for the rest of their life. Sometimes it's the unpacking that can really hinder our, our process because we're not unpacking it properly. Or, or it just surfaces all of a sudden. Things that can cause your bad conditions are the biggest. Getting married, and all of a sudden you, you realize you've got, you got rooms full of baggage. That when it was just you, whatever, now there's somebody else and you can't tax baggage. Pretend like that stuff does right? Major transition in life, like a, um, a move or a uh, new job or things like that, can unpack some of this kind of stuff. What? Fired or getting rejected different areas of life. Those kind of things um, bring up that and, and head us into depression. Yes, ma'am. When you complain too much about things and you're finding everything to complain about, it becomes impossible to find the good things. It becomes, it becomes a what? It I'm sorry. Complaining, not only seeing the good things that are right. miserable. And, and it's, isn't it weird how, how comfortable we are feeling miserable? How much we enjoy feeling miserable sometimes? But then the other thing is it also blinds us to the things that we need. Guys, here's something extremely important. Please, the things that we to this one, we are doing things to sabotage us from getting that help. We're doing the stuff. Okay? I've seen this for years and years and years in people's lives, and it doesn't matter um, how much I, you know, I can preach it and say it. Other people can talk to them and put it break through. Something that we have to the, the things that I have seen the most. When people go through difficult things, they begin to isolate themselves. That's the exact opposite of what you need. Self with need the healthy. We really need, or we sure that that we've got some good, solid people in our life that will speak to this stuff that truly care about us. The, the main one, if you're married, the main one is your spouse. But I've talked about this ad nauseum over the years. We don't have relationships with our spouse. It's on. You know, the, tell them to say that stuff and I get down and chase you around the eyes. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, that, it, it's not that healthy communication thing. We isolate ourselves. Another thing we do is we focus on the problem instead of focusing on Jesus. What's that? 
Yes, we, we get worse and worse. We, do, we sabotage ourselves when it comes to this. When we're really, and we're, we, we, we hinder other people from helping us uh, accomplish these things too. We start to go through different time, difficult times. So we, I think it's not until the next letter, so I, I won't mention it now. But, but we, 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 we begin to self-medicate. How, how do we in society self-medicate? Talk. Bacon tacos. That's not. That's, that's not medicating. That's, that's what the Lord is wanting us to do. Anything, in, anything can be a distraction, which can be the self-medication. Uh, yes. Uh, and then quick, can eat eating. Basically okay. anything you find in Vegas. Well, um, what about relationships? We can start to develop unhealthy relationships. That's where, that that's where only one is specific. Well, it's really for both. In my head, too much. But um, um, uh, adulterous affairs are oftentimes a lie from Satan that it's going to be better. Grass is greener on the other side, kind of less fulfilled. Then it becomes extremely in in, in every single way you can imagine. It, it was destructive to begin with. Yeah, <clears throat> it's self sabotaging. It is. It's medicating. It's what it is, Paul. I was going to say work. Um, some people bury themselves in work. And it, and it helps. I know, and this is not predominant. I mean, it's, it's, over, it's more, I would say, men than women in this particular concept. But I've seen many men over the years, and women too, but many men that it's easier just to stay at work and keep doing that than go home and deal with the pressures of home work. Pressures of home, I never saw it that way. To me, my kids were always, although I did struggle with workaholicism. You know what I mean. Um, I did struggle with that our, in probably the first 10, maybe 15 years. We were married. I was in ministry. Enjoyed going. My, my children, my, I always enjoyed that. Um, I still, I talk to all my kids pretty much every day. And hang it work, enjoy that. But I, you know, Lynn and I were, we can medicate um, fuzzies by my house, um, the taco shop. And uh, I, I just decided, I, I think she was, I, I know we talked about this, but I don't want to go back there. I mean, let me give you the reason. I know there's nothing wrong with their tacos, are great. They're brisket. There was these, all these amazing, but of uh, mid 30 somethings that, that they get off work and they go and they sit and drink. And half of it's they're trying to pick each other up or whatever the case is. And, and you look around and half of them, most of them have wedding rings on. And I'm thinking to myself, it's 6.30, 7.30 at night. Your kids are at home. Your, your spouse is at home. I, I, don't, I don't understand that mentality. We, we saw a t-shirt yesterday or the day before. Linda said something about it. Saturdays are for the boys. And it, and it I don't it said Saturdays for the boys, and I'm like, my wife. Now I have to have a Saturday. I don't understand going and hanging out with the boys. I mean, I like to hang out with the guys every now and then, 30, 40 minutes, and then I'm good. But I, I don't. I think we trick ourselves into things, and I think these are ways of avoidance and life and terms of medicating. We we turn away from God, which is what He's trying to explain to Screw Tape here, right? Did somebody else? Okay. Um, a few sentences down. One must face the fact that all the talk about his love for men and his service, he's talking about perfect freedom, is not. Jesus truly does care about people, truly loves people. He really does want to fulfill the, to fill the universe with a lot of loathsome little replicas of himself. <laughs> I love that. I want to be a loathsome little replica of Jesus. You want, right? Don't call me what. It, according to Satan's day, I, I had I had somebody on an airplane one time was start talking about Christianity one time, and he said, "Oh, thanks for those Christians." And he said it in a negative. He wouldn't thing. have said it. And I said, "Yeah." And so, so I told him, I said, "Thanks." He said, "What?" I said, "You called me a Christian." I said, "I don't know how you're defining that. I don't know." 
But the fact that you recognize there's something about me that would put me in that category, thanks, because I think it's the greatest category on the planet. If you don't like the category, I love it. I want to I I look as much like Jesus as I can. And if anybody notices, that means I'm doing something. Right? I'm doing something right. He says the, the lows hatively because of himself. Creatures whose not because he has absorbed them, which is the demonic mentality, but because their wills freely conform to his. The demonic mentality is to absorb them, to consume them, like eat them. Consume their soul. Toward the end, he leaves the creature to stand upon its own legs, to carry out from the will alone duties which have lost all relish. It's sort of such trough periods, at first part during the peak periods, that on his own legs. In other words, Jesus does not always rescue us because rescuing us doesn't always help us. Right? You guys know this as parents, and, and quite honestly, guys, as parents, we'll struggle with this. And you hinder your child when you don't let them go, don't let things. When you don't let, this is like a funny little mean kind of mentality today. But, but I, I do think that, that children just get so overly pampered today. I think it's not healthy for them. You know, that they make jokes about this that, you know, back when I was a kid, we ate dirt most of the time. You, I, that, I had to taste them at least once. Right? I, I remember we used to have dirt clawed fights with each other. Hey, letting, can you imagine each other? Two young parents. They got to bubble wrap them first, put on helmets, make sure the dirt clods are made out of cotton balls. Right? I'm not saying that dirt clod fights were, were healthy, but they were kind of beneficial. I love. I mean, do you understand? Younger parents, yeah, just kick the kids out into the yard and say, go out and play. I'll see you at lunchtime. We didn't have, I, didn't, I can't imagine any other concept. When I was growing up, I, I can't imagine. Now, we didn't have like video games. I mean, Pong had come along, <laughs> but that was it when I was a kid. Sit inside all day long and play video games. That was not a concept that was part of my childhood. I didn't understand it. Um, especially on Saturday mornings, we left the house. And my dad's rule was um, when the street lights come on, you should be in the morning. When the street lights come on, come in. Nowadays, you would get turned over to social services for that kind of thing. Mostly? We're well adjusted? Mostly? Allison? I will say, I had that same rule when I was a kid. You know, come in when the lights service down, whatever. But natural traffickers as a parent, that kind of stuff where it's so prevalent in our society, and maybe it was back then, we just didn't know, um, that I am a little bit more cautious with just sending my kids into, yeah. into our neighborhood. In our backyard, they're fine. Back then, kidnapped. Um, but yeah. yeah. That was one of my biggest fears when I was little, is that I'd get kidnapped. I don't know why. I don't know what, I probably saw a TV show or something, but, but, uh, yeah, I don't think that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not just saying, yeah, back in my day, you did more turn to kids new. But, but here's the thing. That's not the same thing as, I'm not talking about location. I'm talking about ideology. Kick the kids out in the yard. They don't always have to be holding a computer or an iPad or a phone or saying else. And I do see raised by um, iPads, you know. But here's the thing, guys. This is where, it's get, this is where it gets ugly is it's easier to parent with an iPad. It's just easier. That's not parenting. I, I know when, I'm, when my grandkids, when I'm my grandkids, hope it's not demon out of energy and go to sleep. And you hope they don't eat the table while you're asleep. I mean, it's that kind of thing. But there is something about, you know, the imagination and all the stuff that comes along with just kick them outside. I've ever been. I read a quote the other day that's fearful we've ever been. Today we are most safest and the most fearful. And here's the thing. 
is a lot of this mentality we've been talking about, this discussion we've been having of herb, herb immunity and stuff like that, the whole thing is protect. Um, our kids are not near as... Can't let them... You know, back in my day, we licked the toilets. We didn't wash our hands. We licked the toilets. So I don't know what's going on with kids today. <laughs> but... <laughs> Only people, an older brother licked the toilet. <laughs> All the older kids gave younger kids swirlies. Can you imagine that happening in a public school today? I'm not saying it was fun if you were the swirly. Well, we had our mouths washed out with soap, so that kept us clean. Yeah, I do believe that there's so much, there's, there's a thousand little things that we've changed enough that we've actually hurt us and we don't even realize it over so many things okay again just kick the kids out in the yard are they going to eat bugs yeah die are they going to right are they going to eat grass yeah last uh, second to the last uh, sentence our cause is never more in danger this is this is no uh, wormwood talking tending is never more in danger than when will looks around upon a universe from which every trace of him seems to have vanished, and ask why he has been forsaken, and still obeys. Guys, that's, that's, that's some solid Christian um, there that he's talking about. When you've done everything else, you stand. We, we, we don't have to be placated by the Lord. We don't have to always know everything. We don't... And, and we've built, a, this is why I, I pick on this sometimes. This is why I don't preach sermons like this, okay? Now, this isn't something bad. If you've heard a sermon like this, you won't hear me say something like five simple ways to serve Jesus. Seven simple steps to a victorious lifestyle. You're not going to hear me ever preach a sermon like that. First, I think that's extremely deceptive. Are these... Um, follow these steps and everything works out. Life, it, life doesn't work that way. Neither does the Word of God and neither do the principles of God. Okay, it's... And, and it, everything there is to know about the way you think it's supposed to work out. Just when you think you've got God understood, He's going to do something to amaze you or He's going to do something to discourage you. Because... In our limited human understanding and reasoning, we don't always know the answer to why I would not go back to those things. Because they so developed me and so enhanced my relationship with God and so um, uh, matured me in ways I did not even think possible. But in the middle of going through it, I thought it was the most difficult thing possible and I was angry at God. And the crucible, go back and change it today. Trying to do something. But I'm so limited to my human thinking. And he's saying here, when everything is difficult and they feel like God has forsaken them, the, 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 the still obey, I'm putting my own words to it, but the souls, that's what he's supposed to do, even though all the reasons have been taken out from under him. All of the rewards, all the legitimacy, all the stuff. Yeah, even when he does not want to, when everything tells God is forsaken, when everything in his mind is to give up, And we know, looking back later in life, and God was doing some big stuff. You know, the, the, um, the poem of the footprints through the sand, you know, that God, there's one set of footprints. He says, write a short story. He said, that's when I carried you on again, because I, I, it's a beautiful little poem, but it's very short-sighted, and it's got a lot of problems with it. But it makes you feel good. I would like to do a little mini book that shows, you know, Two sets of footprints, like a, a herd of set of footprints, footprints that just run Drag marks where God is dragging you through the sand and your heels are dug in, but he's still dragging. I mean, I, I've got a lot of these. I could write a, it's just no footprints anywhere. You don't, you don't see anything. Not yours, not God's, nothing. There's, uh, there's all kinds of stuff. Guys, every time you think you've got it all figured out, you don't. There is a lot of wonderful things in our future, and there is a lot of in our future, too. You know that. And the pressure, and the, you know there's heartache in your when you When you really get down to it, it's coming from God. And we don't, 
We don't like to think that way. We don't like to process that way. There are going to be difficult times in your relationships. There's going to be great times in your relationship. There's going to be good times in your marriage. In a, like a little conference thing years ago, and this couple was sitting there, and, they, and I said something about, um, there's something wrong with a couple that never fights. And this couple raised their hand, or he did, and he says, we've never fought. They've been and married she like... hit him. What's that? And she hit him. And I thought to myself, specifically because he's the one who said it, if she would have said it, I would have reversed this. But because he's the one who said it, I thought to myself, you've probably been running over for... Right? Guys, there's going to be conflict in life. And in our relationship with God, there's going to be conflict. Not because of God, but because we're humans and he's perfect, he's transcendent, he's majestic, he's just when we, he's right, he's any of those things. Try to figure life out and do life the way that we want. There's going to be conflict between us and him. Because we're not going to match up with what, who he is. He's going to try to help us to get there, but there's going to be conflict because without it, he's going to really struggle. Think, some it's going to really struggle. If you think you're going to go through life without sinning, your, your Christianity is going to struggle because one day you're going to wake up and you're going to realize that you understand mercy. You don't understand forgiveness. You don't understand that God has been giving you grace when you didn't even know it. Because self-righteousness sometimes will convince us, well, we're way above sin. And then you sin. And usually you're a big one when it gets to that point. Right? Guys, we... There is going to be suffering. There is going to be persecution. There is going to be difficulties in life and in our relationship with God. There's going to be difficulties. Knowing that will help us really stand strong and that we're going to stand strong with the Lord. We've got a few minutes when we don't want to. Have you ever felt like God has um, abandoned you? Here's your hand. Ever felt like God has abandoned you? You ever felt like that God did not treat you right? Um, As you examine your life, I'm saying as you have walked through life, how many of you have always felt like God has always treated you right through every circumstance? Nobody in Scripture, none of them felt that way. Maybe Enoch, because we don't really know what Enoch thought, and he was really chummy with God. But everybody else, they they, they talk about how they feel like God didn't treat them right. Right? Now, here's some things that I think are important. Please learn to talk. Guys, when you, when you teach yourself how to do that, I didn't know how to do that for years. In fact, I didn't even think it was... I thought you were sinning if you admitted that you were mad at God. Right? Like, like somehow God didn't know. Talk to him about it. Tell him you feel like he helped you with that. And it also will help all your other relationships too. Right? Anything else on the depression thing? What are some other things that we do that lead us into depression? I heard a guy years ago, his name was Howard Kenyon. Now he's Dr. Howard Kenyon. But um, he preached a sermon on um, uh, navel gazing. That was at a self absorption and navel. That is. I was, I was, we focus all on our, our own stuff. It leads us into depression. Christy, up here, Al. Well, I was just going to say um, what kind of things you put into your mind. You know, the scripture says out of the abundance of the heart, the man, yeah. who are, who are, you know, what kind of life and have the most influence in your life. That's a huge thing. Yeah, the, the things you put into your mind, so, so, um, Movies, books, um, TV, music, uh, those things, I think more than feeds us for. I, I think that stuff affects us so much more than we give it credit for. Okay? Relationships. Um, I, I don't think you need to be narcissistic or thin which ones are not. Okay? Um, if somebody is always negative and you can't seem to change that, don't 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 get into that. Don't let that negativity 
speak, hold you down. And so you have to learn how to not mean that you're in relationships. It's because somebody wants to, and you need to be able to have the maturity to recognize that. Learn to separate certain types of relationships. Well, here's another one on the other side of that same coin, is to also know when God is trying to put a relationship in your life and not push it away person. Because some relationships can be okay for you, even though some accountability and some things like that. And then and also have, you know, you, ha- you need to have somebody that, that says nice things to you. You just need that. We all need somebody to say nice things to us. I was watching this uh, video today, I think it was, uh, um, I think it was Jordan Peterson that was, can be the big, and he was talking your existence because they, they try to hurt you in front of other people. They try to say things to pull you down or to tear you down in front of other people. But, but his point was, you need, you've got to stop the ability to say, he's correcting you. That's, an, that's another one he talked about. You say something, they correct you. Um, th- this is my thinking, and Lynn and I have discussed this sometimes, is I, I, I'm wrong about a lot of stuff. Because my mind, I, I'm thinking a thousand miles an hour all the time. And it feels like, like, well, a few months ago, and it was like straight there. Well, that wasn't two months ago. That was 10 years ago. And I'm like, that's not the point of the story. Just stop. Just stop. I don't need you to tell me that. Well, it has to be right. Okay. Do you see what I live with? Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm joking about that. But, but here's the thing is in the big picture sense, uh, you need people to be able to say some nice things about you and to you sometimes. You just need that. You need to figure out Here's a big one, guys. What about all our drugs? Chemically, the stuff that we do. Um, here's one that I have become more and more aware of over the last decade or so. And, and, and uh, even uh, been watching, when my parents got back here, the recent is with them, medicines, and we went and talked to doctors for years. Um, it's amazing how quickly a doctor will assign a medicine to us and have no concept whatsoever of how that's being affected by the other medicines that we're taking. And, and it, is, it, it is very destructive sometimes in our life. But oftentimes, doctor issue, I'm going to assess or slow down and think about My, my son was subscribed something recently that, that horribly affected another medicine that he was taking. Extremely negatively affected something else he was taking. It, it, you know, chemicals mess with us. What about this? The natural chemicals, those are not how we process. So much, right? Um, things like... Uh, Coke, Dr. Pepper, Pepsi, all that kind of stuff. They're, they're very destructive to us. Now, we like a, we like a good uh, soda pop every now and then. I get that. But, but the, the, we do this stuff. I had a guy physically and, and mentally, and it sent him into depression. He stopped drinking coffee and stopped eating chocolate, and he didn't struggle with that stuff anymore. I had another guy years ago that told me that chocolate gave him out-of-body experiences. As we, I, we don't eat healthy, but... <clears throat> So there's no way to get all that stuff out of our system, right? Fasting, fasting is a very positive thing for your body physically. And if you couple it with prayer, it's amazing what it can do. But I read a statistic years ago that if you'll fast at least seven days in a row, that all you drink is water for seven days, and all kind of stuff, you're the single-digit percentages. Because your body flushes and purifies. We have so much stuff that we put into our bodies and, and then the other stuff, the mind and whatever. And then we're wondering why, you know, we're struggling all the time. We're not praying. We're not reading the Bible. There's so many things that we could just tweak little things uh, here and there, and it would change us so much. Build some spiritual disciplines that shoot us in the right direction, and we stick. I've had people argue, even when we don't. Well, you should pray every single day. I strongly believe that. And I think you should spend expended, um, th- that you have blocks of, of specific prayer times every day, not just pray throughout the day. And I think people say, no, I only pray when I feel like it. Then you're going to be a struggling, always sure Christian. That's, but, but because you're, it's a discipline for a reason. Your, your spiritual walk has got to be disciplined or you're going to struggle in every single way. Was Mike holding the microphone to say something? Yes. Mike, do you still want to say that? I can't sleep. But... Have a good night. Bye. Um, I was just going to say uh, the depression is also because of this and all the garbage coming from 
this. <clears throat> and I actually had to tell somebody, you know what, if you want to feel a lot better and lose the fear and lose the depression, plug. turn it off. We were not designed to have this, this inundation of input, of, of, of information all the time. Back away negative. You're not, you're, that's like the worst sin in today's society. I have to have Facebook. No, you don't. You, you can put that stuff down. I, I don't I hardly ever look at Facebook. I told you before, the only reason I look at Facebook is to see who's selling Jeep parts. That's the only reason I look at Facebook at the time. Because I don't want, it, it, it's, I don't, I don't want a picture of what you had for breakfast. I don't care. I don't need that much information. Guys, you don't either, but there's something about it. We got to be reaching for our phone, reaching for our phone. I'll give you something. Leave your phone at home someday. Just to see if... Back in my day, we didn't have phones like that. All right, I'm going overtime. Mike, you took, you, you made us late. So we need to pray. Al, Al, we're five minutes late. Yeah, has God turned his back on me? Where is God? Where am I? Why is this darkness here? And um, it, it just, sometimes I feel like, I, not where is God, but I've been put, I find a closet or a closet. Um, I'll often find a broom, and I wonder if maybe he didn't put it there so that I can sweep out some of the stuff that's in me, which is why I'm in that closet to begin with. So, you know. I, I do believe that God isolates us sometimes for introspection. Yeah. I pray. I want you to reach out for him. Nobody? Say that again. I, I didn't hear you. Was it funny? I like funny. Right now. Yeah, I, I pray that. All. God, if you could give me seconds and he doesn't do it. How are we going to pray? What, what's God stirring in your heart? Yes, sir. Yeah. The old-fashioned way, we earned it. That's a old, that's a way back day. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, I think instruct that, guide us. I, I, this sounds like a weird thing to pray, guys, but, oh, man, I mean, I even hesitate as I start to say it because I, I, I get nervous about it. But, God, I want you to discipline me the way that you want, and then I want to be disciplined. I want, have, I want to have discipline in my life. I want it to come from your structure. Yeah. And, and, and in, the, in the mountains or the troughs, whatever, God, lead me, guide me, you're in charge. I'm going to obey you no matter what. Right? Let's pray. God, we, we submit ourselves to you. We, we submit we, our existence to you. We submit everything. We need you to you. God, sometimes... Our own self, we get in the way of, of allowing you to be you in our life. We pray for it, we ask, but God, we want us the things, and we cause ourselves problems ourselves. Help us to see them clearly. Help us to understand, God, the things that, are, that, are, um, that we're sabotaging our own walk with you. Lord, help us to see that stuff. Be aware of it. God, help us not to fight when you are teaching us and developing us. Help us not to resist us. And God, help us to, to be more like you every day because we are desiring to be, not like it's just going to happen. But God, we want to pursue you. We want to go after you. We, we want to know you. And God, we want to obey you even if it doesn't, we, we want to feel happy to you that we just want to be people that will stand. Through all the stuff, we will stand. We will stand strong. We will stand for you. When everything, a thousand fall at our side, 10,000 at our right hand. But God, we are going to be standing in the middle, and it doesn't come to us because we are following you. When things are good, we're following you. God, help us to be obedient, to serve you regardless of circumstances. That we will not go by our feelings. We will not build our circumstances. But we will. And God, I have a word. There's potentially difficult things on our horizon. But Lord, I know that we're going to, we're going to meet it we're going to serve you because we're going to stand in you. I believe that. 
the name of Jesus. Next week, Chaplain Brown will be taking care of this. Um, by next Wednesday night, I will either be dead or alive. We will see. Um, shake somebody's hand. Sunday. Have a good rest of your week.